Welcome to the Canadian SME Podcast, a podcast for Canadian small businesses. We interview Canadian experts and entrepreneurs to provide expert insight into marketing, innovation, business leadership, technology, and trends that impact small business. Our mission is to empower Canadian small and medium enterprise to help you grow your business. Attention all entrepreneurs in the Toronto area. The time is approaching to take your company to the next level. Join us at the 7th Annual Business Transitions Forum at the MTCC Toronto on May 9th, where you'll learn growth and transition strategies that will help you transform your business. Network and gain insights from fellow entrepreneurs, acquirers and mergers, and acquisitions professionals to gain actionable strategies that will help you form a clear plan for the future of your company. Act now and use special promo code SME20 for 20% off at checkout. Tickets are selling fast, so you don't want to wait. Visit businesstransitionsforum.com. That's businesstransitionsforum.com. In today's interconnected world, the rapid rise of technology and online communication has given rise to an alarming increase in social engineering attacks. These sophisticated and manipulative tactics exploit human psychology to deceive individuals into divulging sensitive information, granting unauthorized access or performing actions that benefit malicious actors. To dive deeper into learning more about these attacks, we got a chance to converse with Carlos Salas, the head of platform engineering at Nordlayer. In this episode, Carlos discusses a recent study revealing that social engineering and phishing assaults pose the greatest threat to enterprises. In addition, he underlines how Nordlayer assists firms in constructing architectures that are more resistant to these risks. Carlos also gives insights from his work experience about the protection of their data from phishing assaults. Hello everyone, this is Karina from Canadian SME, your host for the Small Business Podcast. We are honored to have Carlos Salas, Head of Platform Engineering at Nordlayer. Hello Carlos, how are you doing today? Hello, and thank you for having me today. It's a quite good day for me right now. (laughs) Amazing. Now, we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today, Carlos. And we are eager to hear more about your experience, your professional experience, and your views on the increasing number of social engineering attacks. Well, I mean, I can start, for example, by talking about a little bit of my experience. I started in the IT industry almost 18 years ago, where I got my first uh, uh, Java developer job. It was, yeah, 18 years ago, quite a wow. long time. That's that's actually a long time. Yep. So I have been going back and forth between development, system administration, uh, risk management, uh, research and development. Then I got my first few uh, international jobs where I could be for example, technical leader for certain banks in the Caribbean or uh, research and development manager for some other companies around the United States area, the West Coast, and also uh, in Spain and in this West areas of uh, Euro- European Union. And later on, I got the chance to join uh, North Layer, North Security, as first of all, a research and development engineer. From there, I was uh, promoted later on to engineering manager. 
And now I'm platform engineering, which practically means that uh, my responsibilities are managing how the product interacts with the world, how the product is viewed with the world, but also at the same time, create new functionalities and do research and development on our product. Amazing. You've actually covered a lot. And I'm definitely sure that there's been lots of learning and unlearning, you know, some bittersweet moments because it's been a big journey and a longer one for sure. Now, a, a recent study uh, shows that 75% of respondents believe that social engineering and phishing attacks are the biggest danger to cybersecurity at their company. Now, cybersecurity threats are evolving, and while the incidence of traditional attacks may decrease, more sophisticated ones are prospering. And what we'd like to know is that what methods does NordLayer uses to assist businesses in making the switch to SaaS? I'm not sure if it's SaaS or it's SASE, considering that many of them struggle to design an architecture with SD-WAN capabilities and cloud-native security functionality. Well, first and foremost, as you mentioned, uh, phishing is a very, very big problem nowadays, especially because as much as we can uh make our network our infrastructure bunker like like no one gets in no one gets out uh at the end of the day yeah machines will react as you program them program them and policies will react as you create them but humans the human factor here is very important because we are not machines and not everyone it's an it uh specialist no everyone mm -hmm. is a risk specialist so right. at the end of the day uh what happens here is that um this type of campaigns phishing campaigns are getting more and more sophisticated uh and it gets to a point where anyone can be a target even like the best guru in cybersecurity could be a target at this moment because those type of uh, situations are, are happening, actually. It, they happened, for example, to Uber uh, last year. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, there, it, was, it has also happened, for example, to LastPass and other, other big cybersecurity um, incidents that have happened in the last few, few years. Right. And that means that, yeah, if, for example, that could happen to huge enterprises, it can happen to everyone. So mm -hmm. we need to make sure that we are protected or at least we are resilient enough to support this to not to support, but like to be able to go around this type of uh, critical issues mm -hmm. for NordLayer, for example, what we can offer is uh, network segmentation, which uh, let's say, for example, I am in the IT department, I'm a developer and we also have HR and we also have designers and so on. So me as a developer, I should only have access to the developer resources. I shouldn't have access, for example, to production because I shouldn't have. And for example, HR is not going to be having access to development resources and design is not going to be access to HR resources and so on and so on. So the more you segment this, the micro segmentation, what we are called, we call this, uh, the smaller the, the area of attack will be. So in worst case scenario, okay, one of our uh, resources as, as an organization is uh, uh, attacked, is compromised. The amount of data, the amount of, of damage that an attacker uh, will be able to, to reach is minimal compared to, for example, some legacy 
uh, network solutions where once you get in, you get into everything. Uh, there was some, for example, very, very funny people were saying like, yes, uh, cybersecurity in the past were kind of like a Kinder Egg or like a Cadbury Egg. Outside the shell is, is hard, but once you get inside, everything is soft. Like there's nothing there. You okay. can just go around. Yeah, so. that's a weird example for sure. Now, this also reminds me that uh, when you mentioned about Uber being attacked, uh, we have Indigo here, a North American brand. I think recently there was they were also in news for some cybersecurity attacks. Now, this shows that how fragile uh, businesses are and even personal assets in terms of small businesses too. It doesn't matter what the size is in terms when it comes to baiting and attacks. Now, uh, Carlos, this was actually informative, and we'd like to get more information about how would you define baiting attacks as, and what impact do these attacks have on these systems for businesses? Well, baiting more or less is like uh, um, you get out, for example, when you are fishing, you put a bait, so fishes will be more attracted to it. So it happens the same when we are talking about businesses and baiting attacks, practically, for example, they give an offer, a very good offer. You just click this link, put the information and you're in. Uh, or the classic one, you know, like, hey, congratulations, you get an iPhone. Just give me your information here and you will be, you will be awarded to this. And as, as, as funny as it might sound, they, they are there, those uh, phishing and baiting campaigns for a reason, because they work. Uh, if they send it to 1 million users and one user clicks, they already uh, got their investment back because it's very easy to create this type of campaigns and very cheap to create this type of campaigns. So uh, what I want to say here also is that there is no such thing as a very small target. There is nothing like, okay, I'm fine. I'm a small business. I have... 10 employees, I'm not making a lot of money right now, I just started, they will attack, yeah, like Facebook, or they will attack Google because they are big ones. No, there is no such thing as, as a most small target because, yeah, of course, there are some hackers and some hacker groups that are uh, founded, for example, by huge organizations or even full like, countries. But there are also some small level uh, cyber criminals where uh, it could be even a curious uh, university student that is short of money, it looks easy, it looks quick. Let's try to see what happens, no? Mm -hmm. So yeah, everyone is at risk at, at some point. So we need to be very careful on what we click. Uh, we need to check twice every time we see something that it's that might look too good to be true because most times than not, it is too good to be true. Right. Right. Well said. Now, from what I listened is that can we conclude that a combination of technical controls and user awareness training can assist companies in better understanding the traits of voting attacks then? Definitely. Uh, of course, at some point, there could be a perfect uh, phishing campaign that someone will click by mistake or by ignorance or something. And we will have some controls to minimize the risk. but. Uh, from the get-go, we need to also train and educate our employees in order for them to be more resilient to these type of attacks. Uh, there are a lot of different frameworks that they can mm -hmm. just look, for example, on the internet. It's very easy to find what type of trainings they can go to, what type of uh, 
education they can get. And yeah, it's just a matter of being aware of these risks. And once in a while, maybe once a month or once every quarter, it, it's also good to be refreshing this type of, of um, trainings. Absolutely. Cybersecurity is a critical concern when it comes to individuals as well as organizations. And while treating hacking methods, you know, such as malware and phishing continues to pose a threat, social engineering attacks have emerged as a leading cause of data breaches in organizations. Now, when it comes to social engineering tactics, in your opinion, what are the most prevalent and dangerous ones? And additionally, if you could just uh, throw some light on what are the what are some of the potential safeguards against them? Yeah, sure. For example, uh, the more prevalent ones are the most basic, which, for example, at some point somewhere, uh, some uh, email database is leaked or uh, mm-hmm. in most cases, for example, when you're working in a company, uh, I don't know, let's say Apple.com. Uh, your email mo- is going to be most likely your uh, first name dot your last name. So they can go and start, uh, for example, in, in LinkedIn, they start scraping all this information and they start creating mm-hmm. thousands of millions of, uh, of emails. Some of yeah. them will be not, not correct, but most of them will. And mm-hmm. then from there, they will start creating just, as I mentioned, like thousands and thousands of emails one of them will be clicked at some point. So that's the most prevalent, but I wouldn't say that this is the most dangerous one. The most dangerous one is what is called spear phishing. Practically, they go for a specific person and they tailor made this phishing phishing platform for these phishing campaigns to this specific person. Normally, they attack non-IT people, but that have very high uh, level in an organization, like uh, Mm C-level employees, like a CEO, a CISO, probably not because they are security officials, but yeah, like a CEO will be a target. And once they get uh, the CEO credentials or they get CEO information, it's very easy for the attackers to get uh, into the most most uh, private and most most uh, dangerous parts of like the data or the infrastructure, so they can get very privileged information that no one should have except the CEO, and that's very dangerous for business, no matter the size. Right, it's it's basic, but it's actually interesting to know that how basic things can be used to you know get into a organization's important assets. And when I think about cybersecurity, a lot of people do think that it's way more calculated. It's way more technical. How uh, tell people and businesses who are new, like small businesses and medium businesses who are learning the cybersecurity about cybersecurity and how to safeguard their businesses? How would you tell them to take this, uh, you know, this process of learning and getting more well versed with the cybersecurity part? Well, I will start by saying that, uh, especially for small to medium, small to medium business, there is such a thing as too much. Like if you are trying to, for example, uh, create a policy or implement a policy that you saw that, I don't know, Google is, is making or Microsoft is implementing. 
it might be too big and too broad for a small to medium business. And then, of course, there's going to be a lot of uh, holes that you can't actually fill because these uh, holes were made to be filled by extensive and very uh, ex expensive um, cybersecurity tools or cybersecurity frameworks or cybersecurity infrastructure. So in case of small to medium business, I will say go for the basics. First and foremost, uh, you need to have your your communications need to be encrypted. So go for a VPN. It can be a consumer grade VPN. It could be a business grade VPN like NordLayer. But you have to have this encryption because at any moment, someone could get your information, not even from your computer, but while it's, trans it's being transferred to somewhere else. From there, I will say most of the policies has to be yeah, tailor-made for your company based on the industry you are working at, based on the size of your company, based on the longevity of your company. But you, don't, you can't uh, just leave away the basics. Even, for example, one of the most basic ones is, okay, sure, you have to have cybersecurity controls, but physical controls are also very important. So doesn't matter if you have the best uh, cybersecurity policies, the best cybersecurity software infrastructure and so on. If you have a two or three dollars lock that someone will just pick, get your computer and they will have your information already. So that's also one of the best things that I will recommend to small businesses. Right. Because they will say, oh, yeah, I have the best antivirus. I have the best VPN. Yeah, but if they steal the CEO computer, then doesn't matter. They, they, right. they, that's theirs, a, a data leak already. Right. This was super insightful and informative, Carlos. Now, our podcast will be incomplete if I do not ask this question, Carlos. What is that one expert advice you'd like to offer to the organizations to assist them in safeguarding their data from phishing attacks? I will say read, read, and read. You have to be informed because as cybersecurity is not uh, like... Uh, some like science that is already in a book and you will always get it there from the same book that you were reading even a month ago, because this is an evolving uh, trend. Yep. No matter how much you are reading right now in a month, it will be obsolete because something new will go out. So you need to be informed of what is going on around. You need to be aware of what could be happening. You need to be aware of what's happening in your industry and in the world at uh, at large because at some point you will be in a situation where you could have prevented something that was happening for example to the other your other peers in your same industry you, you didn't because you were not uh, informed of what was happening so so we can say that it boils down to being aware and educated exactly by taking proactive measures and staying informed about the latest security threats, uh, definitely businesses can safeguard uh, the sensitive information and maintain the integrity of their businesses. Um, also, it's well said that it's better to be safe than sorry, which I think implies on the cybersecurity world for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's way, way, way cheaper <laughs> to prevent something than to remediate something. That's for right. sure. Yeah. Now, Carlos, your years of expertise will definitely benefit the SME community and also help them better see the big picture. It was great to have you on the show today. Thank you all for tuning into the podcast. 
To that end, we hope you found this helpful in better understanding the sensitivity to prioritize cybersecurity in both personal and organizational settings. Once again, Carlos, thank you so much for your time. No problem. It was my pleasure. As we conclude today's episode, I want to express my sincere gratitude to Carlos for discussing the pressing issue of increasing social engineering attacks. We hope that this episode arms you with valuable information to help protect your business and personal data from potential threats. We would like to thank our exclusive banking partner, RBC, shipping partner, UPS, and accounting software partner, Zero for supporting this initiative. Please do share the podcast and feel free to check out the other episodes. Also, do not forget to subscribe to Canadian SME Small Business Magazine to stay up to date on all our upcoming events and get the top business insights from industry leaders. This is Karina signing off your host for the Small Business Podcast. Attention all entrepreneurs in the Toronto area. The time is approaching to take your company to the next level. Join us at the 7th Annual Business Transitions Forum at the MTCC Toronto on May 9th, where you'll learn growth and transition strategies that will help you transform your business. Network and gain insights from fellow entrepreneurs, acquirers and mergers, and acquisitions professionals to gain actionable strategies that will help you form a clear plan for the future of your company. Act now and use special promo code SME20 for 20% off at checkout. Tickets are selling fast, so you don't want to wait. Visit businesstransitionsforum.com. That's businesstransitionsforum.com. Thank you for listening to the Canadian SME Podcast. Please visit canadiansme.ca to subscribe and join us next week as we share more expert advice from Canadian business leaders. Music